I put my hands up, palms out in the universal. I've got no beef with you, Pose. He stepped off, brushing imaginary dust off his arms. That's right, bitch. Welcome to Black Warren Reads, a weekly showcase from the authors of current releases from Black Warren Books. All stories read are available for purchase from BlackWarrenBooks.com, Amazon, and wherever ebooks are sold. Thank you for joining in, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Black Warren Reads. On this day, Tuesday, January 30th, 2024. We're pleased to return tonight to David M. DeMar's On the Air, the first book of the Certified Gold Urban Fantasy series. Where we're rejoining Ricky is after he has had to learn how to be a DJ under the most I want to say stressful circumstances. Also, um, we're going to include this in the show notes, but Dave actually did make Ricky's playlist that was used for his first broadcast of The Night Nest. I've listened to myself many, many times. It pretty much shows how good both Dave and, by extension, Ricky are at making a playlist. Every song just seems to flow flawlessly into the next. So... Please give that a listen if you get a chance. It's a really good playlist. If you'd like to follow along with On The Air, follow along with all of us as we read along, you can find On The Air at blackwarrenbooks.com where you can obtain the book in .epub format, which you can actually put on Kindle. You can read it on Kindle. It's perfectly okay. (laughs) You can also find it at amazon.com. Um, For people who have bought it on Amazon, we ask that you leave a rating or a review. It's the best way to, you know, help out Black Warren after buying it, obviously. Tonight, we are joined, obviously, by David M. DeMar as the voice of Ricky Konex, who will also be narrating the piece. Kaz McDonald as the voice of Anagen, though Dave keeps insisting it's Anagen. Sky. Uh, Sky Sisk will be the voice of Dags Konax or Dagmar Konax. And I will be briefly <laughs> joining the broadcast as Chauncey. Maybe some other people, I don't know yet. I'll fill in where I'm needed. Okay, so with all of that, if we're all ready, Mr. Damar, at your pleasure. Thank you very much. <clears throat> Certified Gold on the Air by David M. DeMar. Chapter 13. Friday night went surprisingly well, even though Summers had sent me a little love note the night before. Naturally, I hadn't gotten even a moment of sleep, not after the gift he so generously bestowed upon me. But I was too rattled to do or say anything about it. Instead, I put that stupid book in his impeccably polite death threat and stuffed them back in the box they came in, sliding it under my bed. I was an even bigger nervous wreck than usual when I showed up at the radio station that evening. Jumping at shadows doesn't even begin to describe it. It was a huge relief when I stepped over the threshold into the station interior. 
it was comfort, not knowing not only were there witnesses, but there was a no-nonsense satyr and a very spicy vampire, even if Soundra low-key terrified me. At least she didn't hiss at me this time when I came in. It took me a while to get into a decent headspace once I settled in, but eventually I was able to put all the insanity of the night before aside. The new audio settings we had figured out helped me control my stutter to the point where, while I wasn't exactly less awkward on the air, at least I wasn't tripping over my own words as much. All in all, it went well enough that I didn't look over my shoulder more than twice on my way back to the dorm after my shift. I woke up Saturday morning to my phone blowing up from another glowing report from Anigan. Rick, I don't know what you did to Byron, but he's got a hard-on with a cheeseburger at the end of it for the show. Said engagement was even higher this time around. He wants to rebroadcast it Saturday nights from 8 to 10 instead of repeating the NPR broadcast from that morning. Chauncey is angry. You better watch out or he might pee on you in retaliation, lol. I shook my head, barely comprehending what I was reading. That's great, I tapped back. BRB refilling my propranolol prescription. I got an animated gif of Squirtle from the Pokemon cartoon in return. He was putting on a pair of sunglasses. The caption read, deal with it. I can't handle this on an empty stomach, I thought. It was early enough to catch breakfast at campus this time, so I got dressed and headed out. After that, I came back, showered, and threw a few things in a bag before heading to my parents' place. I fretted the entire time, though I was less worried about running into crypto bros and hockey jerseys around every corner than I was getting dragged off to participate in a fox hunt. When I got in, I shot off a quick text to my mother, kicked my shoes off, and made myself at home, seriously in need of some self-soothing time. Before long, I was reclined on the couch, a pen behind my ear and a spiral notebook in my lap. A fresh mug of cocoa was on the coffee table. It was resting next to my phone, which was streaming music to my earbuds as I listened and took notes on some of the tracks I was thinking of using for my next broadcast. Late afternoon sunlight was streaming in through the window, which I had opened slightly to bring in a cool autumn breeze. I had the whole apartment to myself. Much better, I thought, reaching for my cocoa. I could get used to this. The door banged open violently. I tumbled from the couch in a panic, scrambling to my feet in time to see my sister come storming in and slam the door behind her. Cracks spiderwebbed through the frame. Fuck! She screamed, making a beeline for the kitchen. I heard the fridge door open as she rummaged around. God damn it, where's the rocky road? Dax, what the hell? You scared the crap out of me! I dusted myself off, checking to make sure I hadn't gotten any hot cocoa on my vintage shirt. Ricky? The fridge door slammed and she walked out into the living room holding a pint of ice cream. Where's mom and dad? They went back up to Portland for the weekend. Work stuff, you lunatic. They asked me to house sit. Said they asked you and Mac, but neither of you were around? Did they? She looked lost for a moment. I guess they did. Yeah, that, that was back when I had plans for the weekend. She sat down onto the couch, clutching the pint of Rocky Road in one hand. She popped the top off the container with the other and tossed it on the coffee table. I looked at her. Uh, you want a spoon or something? Nope. An imperceptible, almost electric hum ran through the room as my sister snapped her fingers. In moments, they morphed as she transformed partially, the digits lengthening into wicked claws. 
Don't need it. She scooped a massive chunk of ice cream from the pint and popped it in her mouth, now an elongated, scaly muzzle lined with razor-sharp teeth. She chewed contentedly for a moment before looking back down at the rest of the ice cream in her hands. <sighs> Fuck it, she growled. Opening her jaws wide, she stuffed the entire pint in her mouth, container and all, swallowing it whole. I blinked. Jesus, Dags, what the fuck is going on with you? I haven't seen you do that since they discontinued Netscape Navigator. She glared out the window, slowly returning to her human form. Connie and I broke up. She crossed her arms, but her voice quavered. Well, no, that's not true. He fucking dumped my ass again. Over Instagram. She handed her phone to me. Take a look. I took it from her, looking down. A half-transformed blue dragon in a shirt with a popped collar and sunglasses halfway down his muzzle was leering into the camera. Another blue, a female in a low-cut top, was pressed up against him, kissing his cheek. The caption read, Me and the new girlfriend. Ha hashtag sexual napalm. Hashtag dropping out of life. Hashtag devoting my passion to fucking her. Hashtag respect the hustle. I handed the phone back to her, my eyes wide. What the actual fuck? Are you kidding me? Nope. She stuffed her phone in her pocket violently. Turns out he was never interested in me as a person. He'd just been looking for an SEO bump for his stupid fucking crypto website. I winced. Oh god, is this the Thundercoin guy? The guy who thinks he looks like John Mayer? Converzilias, yeah. The stupid shit thinks he's so goddamn tech savvy, but he didn't even know. But he didn't even know how to create a cascading style sheet. For fuck's sake, their site uses Drupal, Ricky. Drupal. She sniffled, wiping her nose on her sleeve. Serves me fucking right for not seeing the signs. What the hell? Isn't that what you went to use for that web programming class in high school? Yeah, the one where I ended up biting the laptop in half. Her eyes flashed. I can still remember the sound the LCD screen made. It was so crunchy. She looked out the window. God, how could I have been so stupid? As soon as I link his ugly-ass site to my followers, he pulls the shit. And then to top it all off... Her lip quivered, <laughs> scrolling on her phone again. He did this. She held the screen up to me. It was an animated gif of Michael Scott from The Office, making his patented disgust face. The caption read, when the new Taylor Swift album drops. It was bracketed by poop emojis on either side. I winced. She pulled the phone back. I'm fine with him needing help for his dumbfuck crypto coin. Whatever. I could make a picture of dog shit trend if I wanted to. I can even deal with him dumping me again. This wouldn't be the first time. But you... Do not come for Tay-Tay. Her eyes flashed menacingly. Hey, no argument here, I swear. I held my hands up, trying to make myself look as non-threatening as possible. She turned to look out the window, exuding a literally palpable aura of frost in her rage. Ice was forming on the glass. Listen, Dax, I'm sorry, I... I really don't know what to say about that. I mean, I, I know this has to suck, but... Ricky, thank you, but no thanks. She looked back over her shoulder at me. 
I'm not taking love advice from someone who couldn't find his dick with both hands in a Sherpa. He scowled. What the fuck, Dags? I'm just trying to... You know what? Forget it. Deal with it yourself. I stood, picking my mug off the coffee table and stomped off to the kitchen. Oh, damn it. Ricky. Ricky. Wait. I'm sorry. I stopped, turning around. My sister had stood up as well, a pained expression on her face. That was really shitty of me. I didn't mean it. I sighed. Okay, but just because I know your emotions have you all messed up right now. I took my mug to the sink and started rinsing it out. Let me guess, you were listening to folklore on the way over here? No. She looked away. What, then Evermore? She nodded silently. Shit. I turned off the faucet and placed the mug upside down on the drying rack. You haven't put no body, no crime on repeat yet, have you? Dags? She shifted, her back still to me. Dag Markini, as you tell me the goddamn truth, do we have to call the Elder Council? What? No! This isn't like when I almost dropped John Mayer's car off Victory Tower. And don't call me that, you sound like Mom. She paused, her back still to me. I was listening to Tolerate It. She turned around, eyes brimming with tears once more. Oh boy. Okay, hey, take it easy. I walked over to her and hugged her in the only way I knew how, awkwardly. She was stiff as a board at first, but after a moment, she let out a strangled cry, lowering her face into my shoulder. She began letting out massive, gut-wrenching sobs. We stood there for a minute, me holding her and feeling helpless in the face of her pain while she continued to wail. A few moments later, she pulled away, wiping her cheeks with the sleeves of her hoodie. Sorry, she said, sniffling. I just, I really thought he was the one, you know? She looked up and laughed suddenly. Oh, God. Uh, I kind of slimed your t-shirt. I looked down, stepping back. There was a damp spot. Oh, is that snot? Thanks a lot. I shivered and whipped a hand towel off the oven handle. This is vintage. I scrubbed at the suspiciously tacky stain. Oh, shit. Hey, I said I was sorry. She began backpedaling. Yeah, for freaking out, not for snotting all over my death to the pixie shirt. I lunged at her. She shrieked, turning tail and running to the living room, giggling the entire way. Hey, get back here, you little shit! We spent the next 30 seconds chasing each other around the couch before collapsing on it, laughing like idiots. Dags put her head on my shoulder, catching her breath. You're a goddamn weirdo, but this helped. Thanks. You're a good little brother. I wrinkled my nose and pushed her off me. Hey, only by like three hours. She laughed. It still counts. She rearranged herself on the couch and sighed. Still, I can't believe you fucking dumped me. And over Insta. At least it wasn't TikTok. Could you imagine him doing a dance routine to that stupid-ass Justin Bieber song? I started singing it as loudly and off-key as I could. I did the same thing. I knew that you would never would. I took a pillow to the face. All right, all right, I sputtered, pushing it off me. I deserve that. Just showing you. It could have been worse. Remember the time we were playing Dungeons & Dragons with Uncle Dave when I ate the last of the pizza? My sister snickered. 
Uh-huh. You know he never, how he never told me the house rule where the person who brings it gets last rights? She grinned wider. Uh-huh. I narrowed my eyes at her. And how you just neglected to mention to me that both you and Mac already knew that the guy playing Radcliffe the wizard, the guy who had brought the pizza? Dags was turning red with glee. Was actually the Ruckus. Praise be his name. Uh-huh. I snorted. The two of you and Uncle Dave letting me make an ass of myself in front of the fucking lightning rod. And you wonder why I have anxiety. Serves you right. She was grinning. Still, I wish there was some way to get back at that shitbird, Connie. I shot her a warning look. No, I'm not talking about anything serious. Calm down. I mean, like, telling the world what an asshole he is. You know, so the next girl he decides to pick up at the Apple Genius Bar knows what to look out for. Hmm. I scratched my cheek absently. Wait, that gives me an idea. I sat up, grabbing my phone from the coffee table. I think maybe I can use my powers for good. Just this once, anyway. She leaned forward, looking over my shoulder. The hell are you doing? Hey, I turned away from her. Show you in a second, chill. She sighed and leaned back into the couch with a huff. This better be worth it. It will be. I was tapping and scrolling furiously. Just be patient for once in your life. You sanctimonious little shit. I swear, if you weren't the... Yeah, yeah, shut up. Here, look at this. I handed her my phone. She took it, looking down at the screen quizzically. She began scrolling through it. Carrie Underwood, Pussycat Dolls, Justin Timberlake, Ariana Grande? She looked up at me. Ricky, what in the holy hell is this? I took the phone back from her. The beginning of my new playlist for the Night Nest. Her eyes went wide, and then she laughed. Are you serious? As a heart attack? I stuffed my phone back in my pocket. We're putting them on blast. She shook her head. Ricky, I love you, but playing a couple of breakup songs doing, during the 2 to 4 a.m. time slot isn't exactly high-viz. Oh, didn't I tell you? I grinned, showing more teeth than I usually did. They're syndicating the show, rebroadcast Saturday evenings from 8 to 10 p.m. Drop the link to the online feed in your socials and... Instant karma. My sister's eyes were wide, then narrowed. A predatory grin slipped across her face. You'd really do this for me? Why the hell not? I shrugged. I never liked the guy anyway. She literally <laughs> rubbed her hands together like a supervillain. Oh, I can't wait to plug this show. He's going to be drowning in mentions. One request, though. Can the last song of the set be Goodbye Earl by the Chicks? I grinned. It's a classic. You got it, sis. Chapter 14. A couple of days later, it finally dawned on me what I had done. I spent the usual Thursday afternoon prep meeting with Anigan, breathing into a paper bag and wishing I had the human physiology to take that propanolol after all. Oh, come on, Rick. They threw up their hands. Even with Goodbye Earl at the end, it's just an hour of angry breakup songs. You've got plenty of airtime to play your usual stuff. 
You know those ultra rare B sides that nobody besides you has ever heard of? The ones you bought off eBay after someone dug a crate of discarded LPs out of a dumpster behind Abbey Road Studios in 1978? I glared at them. Hey, just because your idea of good music is Zamfir Master the Pan Flute doesn't mean... They were scowling at me. I trailed off. That's Romanian, they said. What? Zamfir. He plays Romanian music, you Euro-trash idiot. They shook their head at me. Besides, this is a huge opportunity. I thought you'd be happy about the exposure. I know Byron is going to be ready to slob your knob for hours if we get a nice little bump in engagement from this. And think about how mad Chauncey will be. I shook my head. You don't understand. She's an influencer. Her follower count is huge. Yeah, it'll put her ex in the spotlight, but... I made a pained face. That's a lot of people. A lot of people. Even rebroadcasted. What the hell did I agree to? Adigan pulled their phone out. It can't be that bad. What's her socials? I want to see something. I covered my face with my hands. It's at Dag's Truches, I said, my voice muffled. All right, let's see here. Influencer my ass. What does she have? Like, Anakin choked and sputtered. I whimpered behind my hands. Is that 1.5 million? Oh, God, it went up. I pulled my hands from my, away from my face to meet Anakin's gaze. Their eyes were as wide as my own. Is it too late to fake my own death, move to Newfoundland, and join a grade-A whale shit adult hockey team? Anakin was scrolling through my sister's social feed. This is incredible. And she'll plug us for the rebroadcast Saturday evening? Shit, if even 1% of her followers click that link, that's like, what, 15,000 people? I know, I wailed. Do you see why I'm freaking out? I ran my hands through my hair, tugging on it. I'm not even supposed to be on the air. I just wanted a nice behind-the-scenes job. Oh, for the love of Rick, you malakas. What, you want to work at the quick stop for your whole life? It's not what I mean. You know, I... I paused, looking at them wildly. Wait, was that... Was that a clerk's reference? If the movie's uniform fits. I stared at them for a moment. Then laughed despite myself. Fuck you, man. Not a man, remember? They grinned at me. Now get the hell over yourself. You made a commitment to your sister, didn't you? I sighed. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I just... Yeah, I know. Look, nothing bad is going to happen to you. You don't even have to do any station I dance live. We pre-recorded a bunch of them last week, remember? And with your reverb audio trick... D delayed audio feedback. Whatever. It works, right? You'll be able to hit those posts and do those PSAs no problem, just like you practiced. Remember, we've got to plug that secret McQueen thing in North Laura next week. Shit, I forgot about that. I breathed for a minute. Are there even any tickets left that haven't been scalped? I don't know, but we got to warn people to be on the lookout for legit tickets. Man, thank the gods we're not broadcasting live that night, right? Could you imagine? Friday night came and went. The next morning dawned early, and I blearily left my dorm room before the tangle of arms, legs, and hooves under the covers of Nico's bed had begun to stir. 
the only thing open on campus that early was the coffee shop. So I had dragged myself across the quad to the sub and gotten myself a hot cocoa and cinnamon roll, which I was trying to eat without getting it all over me. Until Anigan had sat down across from me, that is. Yeah, we're broadcasting live Halloween night. I dropped my fork with a clatter. What? They reached over, picking at my breakfast. Are you wearing diapers? Because you're about to soil yourself like Chauncey after a Corgi's game. They plucked a piece of my, off my cinnamon roll, popped it in their mouth, and chewed thoughtfully. Mm, Jesus, that's sweet. I glared at them blearily. Hannigan, I've been up all night trying to block out the sounds of my roommate getting every orifice he has violated repeatedly by half the university co-ed water polo team. I'm running on approximately 14 minutes of sleep. What the hell are you talking about? I'm talking about how your sister came through for us yesterday. Byron called me this morning after he got into the studio. Called me, Rick, over the phone. He didn't even bother using his white voice either. His what? Nanigan shook their head. Jesus, Rick, it's called code switching. Google it later. Point is, he went over the metrics from last night, and the streaming server almost fucking crashed. Twice. Byron is losing his shit, and in a good way. He wants us to broadcast live on Halloween night for the two hours leading up to the Secret McQueen premiere. I don't... What? My phone buzzed. I looked down in a daze. My sister had messaged me. Connie deactivated his account last night. Like a billion people linked him the radio stream. When he blocked the URL, he started spam they started spamming him with links to the music video for Goodbye Earl. That'll teach him to disrespect my Tay-Tay! The next message was an animated gif of Louise Belcher from Bob's Burgers in front of a flaming background. She was cackling, the, word, the words revenge under her. I turned the phone around and showed Anigan. They grinned. See? You performed a public service. And probably put the station in the running for another award this year. Nothing succeeds like success. I sighed, putting my phone down on the table. Are you serious about the live broadcast on Halloween, though? Look for yourself if you don't believe me. They pulled their own phone out and flipped it around, showing me the screen. It was an email from Byron. That's... That's a lot of exclamation points, I said. Told you. Here, let me perform a dramatic reading. They cleared their throat. This is my favorite part. I don't know where this white boy came from, but we're getting him on the air that night because he's solid gold. In fact, that's his new DJ name, Ricky Gold. I'm raiding the station budget and printing up stickers for next week's show. Oh, delightful. You've got your first DJ name. They grow up so fast. I groaned. This can't be happening, I wailed. Oh, it's happening, Mr. Gold. Now, listen, we've only got a few days to get this organized, but luckily it's not much actual work. Byron wants us to hit some specific PSAs during the broadcast, most of them having to do with the Secret McQueen event, but he also wants the set to be themed. I stared at them. Are you... Are you for real? Why, because it's Halloween? What does he want me to do, play the fucking Monster Mash? Anakin grinned. He left it up to us. As long as we've got a few spooky songs in there, he'll be happy. Yeah, I know, it's cheesy, but weren't you telling me about that band from the 70s, the one that wrote a song about someone getting body parts donated by a serial killer after he was executed? Well, what were they called, the commercials or something? 
What? Uh, 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 no, the, the adverts. It's called Gary Gilmore's Eyes. The wheels in my head started spinning. So you're telling me we just need to spin some tracks like that? Hit some new PSAs and Byron will stay off our backs? You tell me. They pulled another piece off my cinnamon roll. Think you can handle that without losing your shit? It'll be live, and there will be people actually listening this time, judging on how well the rebroadcast went. You can thank your sister for that. They popped it in their mouth. You know, these aren't that bad if you get used to the taste. Are they? I wouldn't know. Someone keeps interrupting me. Oh, poor little Rick. They patted my cheek. You eat your num-nums and get to work on a new set list, Mr. Gold. They stood up, licking some frosting off their fingers, and sauntered off. Chapter 15 Despite my apprehension, the idea did appeal to me. Could I create a Halloween-themed set list, but do it my way? Breakfast forgotten, I picked up my phone. Gary Gilmore's eyes is a great start, but there's gotta be more. I began scrolling. All right, Dead Kennedys for sure. I mean, it's even named Halloween for Bahamut's sake. I looked up and out through the window. The Ramones? I mean, Johnny was a real right-wing asshole, but Joey was a good guy. All right, Pet Cemetery is in. Now, what else? It turned out to be pretty easy in the end. Before long, I had almost a whole two-hour set, leaving room for PSAs and station idents. It made me feel better about this new gig coming up, though the words live broadcast made me want to climb out of my scales. That feeling only got worse as the week passed, the date inexorably approaching. Anakin wasn't helping. It was like they were reveling in my discomfort, constantly sending me stupid memes and animated GIFs. And as much as Nico really was a pretty good roommate, I could do without him constantly trying to get me to join him and his polycule in their extracurricular activities. At least I had an excuse when they asked me out to a party Halloween night. It was barely even 6 p.m. when I stopped pacing in my room and went down to the sub. Night had already fallen and the skies were clear, making it look like a fantastic evening was in the making. The quad was crawling with humans in costumes and mythics walking around without having to conceal themselves. There's a reason why this is often a favorite holiday for the non-humans in the city, after all. Though I could do without the ghouls hanging around the corners of Old Main and trying to bum cigarettes off the zombies. We were the only ones broadcasting live tonight, as the rest of the feed was set up to be automated for the holiday. As a result, the halls up on the fourth floor felt sepulchral and deserted. Well, almost. There was someone waiting for me in the hallway outside the station. A student, dressed in a corgi's jersey. The front was suspiciously stained. Hey, he said. You this Ricky dude? Oh, for the love of Bahamut. Yeah, I said slowly, walking toward him. And you're, uh... You're Chauncey, right? That's right. He puffed his chest out and gave me the up nod, jerking his chin at me. I heard you disrespecting my bro Connie last week. I blinked at him. Well, blinked down, anyway. He was about a head shorter than me. I... What? You heard me. He walked over and jammed a finger in my chest. I stepped backward in complete surprise, my back up against the wall. Chauncey grinned, obviously thinking I was frightened. You want to take my radio show? Fine. Whatever. Fuck if I care. But you come for my boy and all bets 
are off. He punctuated each word with another poke. I gaped down at him. Wait, you're a friend of Connie's? Ride or die, bro. He raised his arms, gesturing wildly. My boy's gonna hook me up with tons of thunder cunt. Thunder coin. That's what I said. So you better keep his name out your fucking mouth. You hear? <coughs> I shook my head at the absurdity about being threatened by a non-mystic. Yeah, uh, okay, Chauncey. Whatever you say. I put my hands up, palms out, in the universal, I've got no beef with you pose. He stepped off, brushing imaginary dust off his arms. That's right, bitch. So, you gonna apologize on the air tonight? Then? Huh? I let out an explosive, nervous laugh before clapping a hand over my own mouth. Are you... Are you fucking serious? Chauncey looked up at me. A funny noise came out of his throat. I cocked my head at him. Are you... Growling at me, man? He narrowed his eyes. You were warned. Turning on his heel, he stopped off, pulling out his phone. He put it to his ear as he walked around the corner. Yeah. I heard him faintly say, Yeah, no, he's not gonna. The elevator doors dinged, cutting him off. What the fuck just happened? I shook my head, completely lost trying to regain my bearings and shift back into broadcast mode. Only Anningen had the key to the station, so I leaned up against the wall to wait. Still completely confused over being confronted by Chauncey, I pulled my phone out and went over my playlist for what felt like the 13th time in the last hour. I had settled on The Creeps by Social Distortion, Eva Destruction from the Dickies, Dig Up Her Bones from the Misfits, the Dead Kennedys, Adverts, and Ramones tracks I'd initially chosen, and about a dozen others. By then, I had completely forgotten about Chauncey's little tantrum, though I did make a mental note to talk to my sister about why his ex was messing with mortals for his crypto scheme like some fucking coyote. Before long, I heard the elevator ding once more from far down the hallway. A few moments later, there was the muffled sound of Anigan's hooves on the carpet. They came around the corner, dressed in a black tank top and pants, a wide studded leather, black leather belt, and a massive onk necklace. Elaborate eye makeup and black lipstick completed the ensemble. NB Endless, I said, as they came closer. Hey, look at that. Rick Reed's Gaiman. Or did you just read the Netflix show? Just watch, sorry. Or did you just watch the Netflix show? They pulled a bristling key ring from their pocket and unlocked the door to the station. Hey, I've got a first signed edition of American Gods at home. Thank you very much. Setup for the live show was deceptively simple. It felt like any other night with the station so empty, which helped me not think about how I'd be broadcasting to an actual live audience. Instead, I loaded my playlist into the system and began picking when my breaks for iDents and PSAs would be. Before I knew it, it was five minutes to broadcast time. I did my best to ignore the piece of flaming ice that had settled in the pit of my stomach. It didn't work very well. Instead, I slipped on my headphones to Studio C, checking my levels and setting them to give me the audio feedback I needed to help with my stutter. The lights flickered for a moment. A far-off rumble high above me made me look up at the ceiling, as if I could peer through the roof to the sky above. Hey, did you hear that? Hear what? Anigan stuck their head in the studio. All I saw was the lights kind of 
flicker for a second. You didn't hear the thunder just now? It was faint, but it was definitely there. You're losing it, Rick. Skies were clear when it came in. Come on, stop stalling. They disappeared from the doorway. I sighed, turning back to the console, watching the last few seconds tick down. Anigan's voice came over the headset. Seven second delay, starting in three, two, one. I took a deep breath and pressed play as the on-air light flicked on. Good evening, Alora University. Ah, oh, jeez, dial it down a notch, Ricky. This is a, a very special live broadcast of the Night Nest. I'm your host, Ricky Gold. Thanks for joining me tonight. The first track began to play, a simple bass beat establishing a driving tempo. Halloween is upon us, and so is the Secret Queen McQueen world premiere event right here in North Laura. Hope you got your tickets, because this one's sold out for sure. In the meantime, let's get a little spooky tonight. First up is Psycho Killer from the Talking Heads. Hold on to your butts. Chapter 16 Despite my anxieties, the rest of the set began to unfold without incident. My audio trick kept the worst of my stutter at bay, and the tracks seemed to be flowing well from one to the other. A little over halfway through, though, and I heard what sounded like thunder again. I checked the runtime left on the current track. I had about a minute 45, so I muted my mic, pulled off my headset, and set the next two tracks to play uninterrupted. Then I went next door to Studio B, where Anigan was monitoring the broadcast. Tell me you heard it this time. Heard what? Thunder? Come on, Rick. Those ears of yours are playing tricks on you. They had their hooves up in the console, playing idly with the chain of their aunt with one hand while using the other to tweak the board. I don't know. I mean... A stronger peal of thunder interrupted me, and the lights flickered again. Okay, I'm not going fucking crazy. You noticed that, right? Yeah, I did. They pulled their hooves down and sat up in the chair, wheeling over to their laptop. Weather says clear skies for Laura tonight. In fact... Okay, that's weird. I leaned over their shoulder. The live satellite feed was showing a small but angry-looking dot growing over a map of the city. The hell is that, Freak Thunderstorm? Looks like it. Thunder crashed again, louder this time, and the lights flickered once more. Don't worry, the station's well insulated. We've even got backup batteries in the case of a blackout. They won't last forever, but... A massive peal of thunder rumbled overhead, loud enough to shake the entire station. Okay, that's a little concerning. But even though... The loudest clap of thunder I'd ever heard split the sudden silence. I doubled over, my ears ringing as the studio was plunged in the darkness. The emergency lights came on. Only they and the lights of the console equipment running off the battery backups illuminated the room. Shit! Anakin was standing, leaning over the board. That was a ground strike. Pretty sure it hit the sub. The radio antenna is the tallest thing on campus. We've got to go to the roof. They pushed past me. Wait, what? I followed Anigan out of the studio and into the hallway, struggling to keep up. They were practically galloping on their hooves. What do you mean we've got to go to the roof? Another peal of thunder shook the building. Anigan didn't even look back. 
that first strike likely fried the lightning arrester. It needs to be replaced. Without it, another hit would cook the transmitter. We'd be off the air for weeks. Weeks? A backup? We rushed out of the station into the fourth floor corridor, taking a right and rounding the corner. The hallway dead-ended at a plain utility door. We pushed through it, revealing a short set of stairs that led up to another door. This one was labeled roof access. There is a backup transmitter, but it can only be operated from the doghouse. Anigan pulled out their keyring again. We have to switch to the backup while we replace the lightning arrestor anyway, so we have to go up there either way. They fumbled with the keys, flipping through them frantically. Fuck, where is it? God damn it, Byron, I told you to label these pieces of shit. Fuck! Another massive peal of thunder split the sky, shaking the entire building. Anigan let loose a string of Greek curses. We're running out of time, damn it. Move on, I said. What? This isn't the time, Rick. Jeez, Anakin, just fucking trust me, okay? Now move over. They shifted to their left, giving me access to the door. If this is some macho bullshit, I don't want to know what you think you're gonna... I stepped forward and grabbed the knob. I took a deep breath, and my hand flexed, fingers lengthening in the claws as the scales covering my skin grew larger, thicker, and more iridescent. I twisted, hard, and pushed. The door to the roof popped open violently, and I winced against the sudden onslaught of the wind and rain. My nictitating membrane slid into place reflexively, my hand returning to human form. Damn, Rick, I take it back. Anigan pushed past me out into the storm and pointed. Come on, it's right ahead. About halfway across the roof, through what looked like a maze of HVAC vents and air conditioning units, stood an FM dipole antenna, mounted on what looked like a 40 or 50 foot tall mast. At the bottom was a small windowless shed. A single bare emergency bulb was burning above the door. I followed them out into the torrential rain. Thunder split the skies again, this time accompanied almost immediately by a cloud-to-cloud lightning strike that illuminated the entire night and laid bare the clouds above. I blinked, the hairs in the back of my neck standing straight up. Anigan! I raced after them. There's something wrong about this storm! I yelled, pointing. It doesn't feel natural. Look at the clouds! What are you talking about? What the fuck? The storm was raging directly above us. Thick thunderheads swirling, but nowhere else. We were in the center of a self-contained storm cell only a few hundred feet across. The rest of the night was starry and clear. Anigan pushed open the door to the shed. I followed, the door slamming shut behind me. The sound of the storm lessened, save for the steady drumming of rain on the corrugated steel roof. The interior was cramped, dominated by a beaten-up desk with an ancient-looking audio deck, mixing board, and microphone. Power and data cables connected to the deck to a nearby server rack. A trunk line ran from the other side of the rack and out the wall. Anigan bustled past me, looking through a shelf loaded with banker boxes. You ever seen anything like that before? Uh, What, that? Out there? I don't know, I mean, maybe somebody picked a fight with the Raketh or something? On Halloween night? Talk about stupid. They pulled a box out, rummaging around inside. Please tell me there's one. Yes, got it. They pulled out a metal tube almost the entire length of their forearm. It had coaxial connections on either end. Here it is. Great, so where do we plug it in? They set the lightning arrestor down to the table. Not so fast. 
we got to switch over to the backup transmitter first. Then someone's got to go outside and replace the fried one with this new one. Outside? Where? Like on the side of the shed? They remain silent. Hannigan? Uh, think higher. Another peal of thunder struck, shaking the shed. Higher? Like on the antenna? The bottom dropped out of my stomach. Yep. And I can't do it. I've got to work down in the doghouse to do the switchover. Plus, we're still on air. I've got to keep your broadcast up. They picked up the arrester. Gotta be you, Rick. They tossed it at me. I caught it, staring at them. Wait, you've got to be fucking kidding me, right? Nope. They turned away, reaching into another box and pulling out two pairs of lightweight wireless headsets. They fiddled with them for a second, then nodded. Good, they're charged. Uh, Here, put this on so we can keep in contact while you're outside. The headset got dumped into my hands atop the lightning arrester. Anakin, this isn't... Rick, we don't have time for this. Without the arrester, the next time lightning hits the antenna, there'll be nothing there to ground the charge. The whole station will be fried. I swallowed. But I can't fly up there. Not if you want me to install this thing. I need human-sized hands for that. I'd have to climb up the antenna. I started breathing heavily. Can't we get someone else to do it? You think I'd let you go out there if I had another choice? Anakin glared at me, eyes blazing. We're the only ones here. The rest of the goddamn world is out at that secret McQueen premiere. There is no help coming. It's us or nothing. A screech split the skies, silencing us both. Anakin's eyebrows shot up as they looked up at the roof. That's... that's not thunder. They said slowly. They looked down and blinked. Jeez, Rick, what is it? You're white as a sheet. I shook my head mutely. It took a second for my mouth to start working again. That's... That's Dragon Call, I said hoarsely. What? I nodded. The blue dragon. The lightning? The rain? They're causing it. I swallowed thinking of my sister's ex and how he had to turn off his socials after we went put him on blast last week. And I'm pretty sure it's my fault. And that is the end of chapter 16 and for tonight's reading. Good cliffhanger, right? <laughs> <laughs> Will Ricky be able to fix the, fix the radio tower <laughs> without dying? Will Uncle Dave finally get his dream and get to hear some ACDC? <laughs> Tune in next week! Okay, we do want to thank everybody who came out tonight and everyone who is listening on Spotify. Once again, we'd like to thank our voice actors Sky Sisk as Dagmar Konax, Taz McDonald, of course, as Anakin, or Anna Jen, Dave. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a freaking air horn and just blast it every time you say antigen <laughs> it's the way you wrote it dude i don't want to hear it okay um myself honor demont as in a limited capacity as chauncey and of course david Demar as the voice of ricky narrating his own story so with that we'll see you all next week for the continuation which will be chapters 17 18 19 and 20 i would say it's where Climbing the charts from uh, Sound Secrets 
it's where that section ends and we and basically the new stuff begins because of course this was originally for sound secrets uh, world premiere and well dave actually decided to take it up to about eighty thousand words so you're only getting the first twenty thousand for this story and you're about to get the end next week we start the, the other 60 okay if you want to pick up um on the air you can find it at blackwarrenbooks.com. Again, you can get it in .epub format, which is compatible with Kindle, or just buy it directly on Amazon.com. Please leave a rating and or review when you're done. So with that, I want everybody to have a good week. Stay safe, stay warm, stay loved. Good night, everybody. Good night, and thank you all so much for listening. Blackmore Reads is a production of Alora Public Radio. Episodes are edited by me, Chris, and posted to Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Learn more at blackwarnbooks.com. Blackworn Books. Be the hero, not a token.